Today's episode of Birds All Day is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a pop quiz. Do you think baseball tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. What's up, greetings, have a good day, and welcome to the Outside the Paywall edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and uh, joining me, as always... Old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I, I am doing well. I am pleased with the name of our podcast. It's uh, delightful. Well, we have a, a... It is a moniker that has stuck with us for going on five years now would we change it to mimic a, a part of the human anatomy never not even once have we even considered it never no but anyway the blue jay season is over and we have still a lot of stuff to talk about this episode of birds all day uh was a lot of fun we were joined by the athletics caitlin mcgrath who's going to one day replace us all she's going to run the whole operation but with caitlin what you're about to hear we talk about the sort of uh the post-mortem on the season, the pre-mortem, I believe, as a modem, modem, mortem, mortem. The body's not even cold, but everybody's talking about it. So we we talked a lot about the sort of comments that came in the in the in the um, aftermath of the season, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro in particular. So that's what you're going to hear. If you are a subscriber to the Athletic, you can listen to the entire episode, where you'll hear us talk a little bit uh, or a lot. About Vlad Guerrero Jr., about the ongoing discussion around his fitness. The Blue Jays front office had some of their strongest words. I don't know if condemnation is the right word, but they came out in the most in the most uncertain of terms discussing his fitness and what they expect from him next year. So that was the second half of the show. If you're an athletic subscriber, you can head into the app, into the athletic environment, listen to the rest of the show. If you're not a subscriber to the athletic, I'm gonna need you to go to theathletic.com slash birds all day. Sign up. Grab the discount. I believe there's if that if you don't get a discount there, there's another discount running around because it's the playoffs. Sign up for the athletic. Get the full birds all day experience. You'll get the full podcast experience from hockey, baseball, football, soccer, the other sports, the basketball ones, the other things, the the football that what they throw, all that stuff is all available to to athletic subscribers. So we hope you enjoy this episode of Birds All Day. This abbreviated this truncated version of birds all day we hope you'll subscribe and get the entire episode and join us all off season as we break down the news and notes and rumblings around the toronto blue jays so with no further ado we hope you enjoy this edition of birds all day but enough of the silliness it's time for the serious business of the off season uh <laughs> of the toronto blue jays which is bound to be just a thrill a minute ride that's just going to take us through the full uh, gauntlet. Through the, the full, we're going to run the gamut of emotions. It's going to be uh, delightful. No, I don't know. Uh, I guess the biggest news of this week was um, 
you know, since the season ended uh, on Sunday, now we've had Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins sort of making the rounds, saying the things that we're always perplexed when they say them out loud, um, to the point that, um, well, uh, Stoughton, you wrote something for The Athletic mm-hmm. today that more or less buried the front office. You have thrown at the feet of the front office of the Toronto Blue Jays all of the ills of uh, Major League Baseball right now. So how do you... Uh, how do you feel about that? Like, what? Uh, what's the? What's the? If, if they haven't read it yet, what's the impetus of this piece? What's what is the problem with the Blue Jays front office? Well, who can remember? First of all, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, you know, I'm just trying. I'm out here trying to. You know, uh, Steve Simmons has a good racket, right? So I figure <laughs> that I, it, it's time for me to make that heel turn. And just start saying how terrible the front office is. Uh, but, so, it, but like, seriously, though, it's, like, super dispiriting to think about how, you know, the Blue Jays are a symptom of something that's going on all across the league. The Red Sox are like, we need to trade Mookie Betts and hope that J.D. Martinez opts out of his contract. Also, we're raising ticket prices. And that's such a great, like, uh, crystallization of everything that's happening everywhere, sort of. Uh, and and the Blue Jays are not uh, are, are are not getting missed by this idea that like oh yeah maybe we'll spend on this free agent process that by the way the last few years when we weren't spending it, it's totally broken and mm-hmm. there's no sense in it and we've decided to you know we everybody knows what the aging curves are and we're like making sure that anybody who hits free agency is just completely without value save for a few people uh and it's just it's just a frustrating time to be a fan and to be a fan being sold the same sort of bill of goods here as is being sold you know i mean baltimore's behind but detroit's being you know told the same thing the chicago white Sox, the royals all these teams that have been tanking are like well you tanked a bit now you have payroll flexibility now it's time to go out and get players and get good again. And it's like, we can, that can't ha- happen. All those teams can't do that. And we're just in a place where it's like, well, I guess we're going to have to muddle through and hope that these guys know how to, you know, find a diamond in the rough, find a way to to, to turn a Gio Urshela into Gio Urshela. Well, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I guess that's the, uh, the, the, the message here. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just... I think you're you're absolutely right that that a the the, the structure and the economics of the game are in a, such a, a strange place and and I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were saying that like the fan experience the idea of doing things in a fan centric way um, is just so because that feedback is interrupted like the the fact that fan dissatisfaction does not reflect in the bottom line it makes it difficult to have a seat at the table in a way. And I think that's something also I saw you tweet about. But I don't know. Caitlin, what do you think? Like, is Stoughton, is he taking a bit of a hard line here? Or, and, or do you just think that the Blue Jays are, are a symptom of the larger disease? I think, in, I think a little bit of sort of both. I feel like this year to me wasn't as... This year to me was a little bit more uplifting just because you saw the young kids 
make their mark in the major leagues. At least you saw the Blue Jays call up their kids who were talented and who deserved a shot at the major leagues. I look at the like the last two seasons with the Blue Jays where they were so mediocre and they were kind of like masking that they were competitive, even though it was so clear that they weren't competitive. And then even last year you had a situation where the team was out of it and then they were manipulating service time of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So the fans couldn't even get to see him get called up when you know the 2018 season was a lost season as well so I understand where Andrew's coming from and I I do think that um, Major League Baseball sort of is in a spot where it's you know players aren't making the money that they should and it's a problem but at the same time when it comes to the Blue Jays I sort of see saw what this season was about but more like to that point still like I I think they can't have another season like this again right like they've they've done their 95 loss season it has to go up next year it has to get better and I would say it has to get better significantly I'm not saying that they turn into a 95 win team next year although I'm sure fans would be happy with that but I think you need to make them into at least a 500 team next year they need to take substantial steps forward and it's possible in the second half they were almost a 500 team, even though they had a two-man rotation uh, and not much else um, when it came to pitching. So I think it's possible, but there was a lot of talk um, at the uh, press conferences that uh, you mentioned about the Blue Jays wanting to go out and spend like they did in the off-seasons of uh, 2015 and, and 2016. Um, and, you know, the Blue Jays weren't huge spenders then, but they did give – contracts multi-year contracts to pitchers like Marco Estrada and Jay Happ um, and spend money those seasons so I think that this offseason is going to be really crucial for the team kind of backing up those those words that they say well the other word some of the words that they said the ones that um, both Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins use is the financial flexibility so Caitlin before you know I'll come right back to you and ask you know, what is that financial flexibility going to get them? What's going to be out there that's going to be suitable to make this team, uh, to give it a bit of a jump start, to set, to kind of get that, get it turned around in, in, in more of a positive direction um, and make a big difference. Like there's a lot of ground to make up, as you said, if they want to be winning or competitive or they want to, um, you know, just put a better product on the field. There's only so many places they can leverage that financial flexibility and, and, I mean, what could that even look like, I guess, is, is, is the question probably on a lot of Blue Jays fans' minds. Yeah, well, I mean, like with free agency, um, there are some big names going to be out there. Garrett Cole is probably the number one guy that is going to be available. I mean, just given the history of the Blue Jays, the market, the way the position of the team in terms of wins and losses of this year, how competitive they're going to be, I just, I mean, I don't see a big guy like that coming here. I would you know, it's hard to kind of pick up names and I haven't really looked deeply into who they could go for. But in terms of the financial flexibility and what's interesting about the Blue Jays or how they can sort of flex those um, muscles, you know, when it comes to trades, you know, there's teams out there, you know, you mentioned the uh, Boston Red Sox and Mookie Betts and they're looking to shed salary. So if you are the Blue Jays and you can take on salary and the Boston Red Sox exist and they want to get rid of some big contracts, I mean, David Price trading to Toronto? I don't know. 
I mean, I don't know if that's something that you want. He hasn't been very good this year and he's getting older, but you know, there's something to be said that the Blue Jays do have an opportunity to trade. And I think that just given the free agent history of this, of this franchise, trade is going to be a big part of this offseason. I think so too. But then uh, again, you start to think about the, the sort of the landscape and, and who might even be out there and, you know, who what are the teams that may not be, that may be kind of shifting out of their competitive, their competitive window. I don't know. It just feels like, like the options are limited, like you said. I mean, if Steven Strasburg opts out, are they going to be in on him? No. Is Garrett Cole going to sign in Toronto? No. Is Anthony Rendon? Almost for sure not. Um, you know, the uh, Mookie Betts, if you take on some more of that bad money, sure, that might be fun. I'd be all the way into that. But that <laughs> that's just still feels really unlikely. I don't know. Stoughton, what do you think? Like, how can you can you see a way that they can leverage finance, this financial flexibility? Or is it just talk? Or is it just talk to, to help write down, you know, to to – Boy, the Rogers stock price. I don't know, but is is it talk or is this something you can actually see coming together? Well, I don't. It can be both, maybe. I don't know, like because yeah, it is really difficult to see how they're going to be able to make use of that. Um, yeah, because the top free agents obviously not going to want to come here. Uh, you do think about you know the Padres really went out and uh, overspent or, or or went and and you know acted like a team like that under you know that that is is playing the market like you know not trying to lowball people and went and got uh machado this year and osber before and have been sort of free spending in that way but that's that's a team that mark Shapiro specifically cited as being like well look at recently they've been spending and it and it, it, it's not worked out for them so i don't think that the jays are going to go that way it it could be possible i mean toronto <laughs> doesn't have you know san diego to sell as a geography or you know any other thing but like yeah i, I think I, I think it's it's great to talk and we've heard this over and over and over again it's not just shapiro we've heard it from beaston we've heard it in the richardi era about like yeah we can spend we can do this we can do these things when the opportunity is right that presents itself to us and i think you're right that it's just going to be really hard for them to find those opportunities especially not just because they're necessarily cheap, but because there's going to be a bunch of teams who are sort of on the upswing in terms of their competitive window. And I think that there's a bunch of teams that are, uh, you know, going to be trying to play in that same pool because that's the pool that everybody wants to be in, even the Yankees and the Dodgers. And, you know, even, you know, the teams that historically have spent a ton are getting quote unquote smarter, which just means they're, you know, being more cost effective about, uh, and thinking more about like not wasting money over the luxury tax. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be really difficult for the Jays to to sign a top free agent, which is maybe why they're talking about 2015, 2016. Like those actually were they worked like the Jay Happ deal worked great, the Marco Estrada deal worked great. Um, they're not going to sell a ton of tickets that way. Uh, and yeah, I think if you look around the league, I mean, because free agency is so broken, the way that the contracts work is so broken. Like there's not a lot of teams with a James Shields on their team, like a guy who it's super obvious, you know, you see pieces every year about, Oh, what's the worst contract on every baseball team? I know this because I've been looking through them, like trying to think about who maybe the Jays could, uh, could try to scoop up, you know, the, the, the Matt Kemp deals, are not on people's books anymore because teams have just become so cognizant of money and so disciplined about it that I think it makes it really tough 
uh, especially when it's not just the Jays who are trying to do this, but every fucking team. There's a point that I, I feel like I, there's a, at some point it will have to come back, but I, I feel like there's still potential for some like weird and wild stuff. Like I got it in my head this week that the that the Astros are going to trade Carlos Correa. I'm just like convinced myself of this because he's kind of, he's not probably not as good as Alex Bregman, and Alex Bregman can play shortstop, so they could move. Correa and get probably do pretty well with him. They've got some bigger salaries coming up, so even just you know Correa doesn't make that much. But I've just convinced myself that we're going to see stuff like that. Like a smart, good team will trade a very good player to save a little bit of money and to kind of stock the the farm up a little bit. Um, the Mookie Betts one is, is is a perfect example. Like in you know by all accounts, it's crazy to me. That the Red Sox of all teams are like, oh, I don't know if we can afford to keep this guy. You're the Red Sox. Like, <laughs> find a way. Find a way to keep, like, the best player since fucking Dwight Evans to wear your uniform. Like, Jesus Christ. Find a way. You're the Red Sox. The fact that, that of all, that, that, the, that the, ca- the salary cap, that it, which is what it is, um, is so effective and so punitive that these teams are scrambling. will do things that, you, that are almost unthinkable. To try to get, but it's also, it, but it's also not right. Like it's not that punitive. Like they act like it's punitive, but mm. you know the billionaires who own the Red Sox, it's a drop in the bucket, right? Like it's no, not really. But uh, again, that they don't get, they and, don't, and that's and that's that's part of the frustration I think that people feel is that you know it's a reflection of a whole lot of shit that's going on in the broader culture about thinking about our relationships with our employers and just how, you know, the world works. And -hmm. you look at these rich guys grinding, well-paid guys nonetheless, but grinding people to dust. And it's, it's kind of, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And I think a lot of other fans, you know, and this is what I was kind of writing in the piece today. Like, uh, you know, a lot of fans don't think about that at all or don't care about that. But they're just like, hey, can my team win? Can my team at least try to win? And the other side of the, you know, if you look closely, you see bad things. But if you don't look too closely, you're also like, well, it turns out they're not trying. Like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. No, it's true. It's a little bit creepy. I mean, you see, look, look at the fact that Oakland and Tampa played in the wild card playing game. And Oakland hosted, and there's a good team there. They won 97 games this year, and they opened the upper deck seats uh, for last night's game for the third time this year. The only other time they opened the Mount Davis fifth deck seats mm-hmm. uh, was when the Giants were in town. So it's just like the like that that market is cratered, but it doesn't matter, right? Like the fact that they sell out sell those extra tickets one game, I guess in the in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter the team is still going to make money hand over fist it's still going to be a 200 million dollar investment that turns into a billion dollar investment like it's just again we go through this all the time and i i, I don't want to get us caught up in this i want to think about you know I, so one of the teams okay here's an example so the rockies are another team that have talked about how they don't have any money that they don't have any flexibility so i, I saw some blue jays you know people some blue jays fans sort of bandying about rockies names of uh, maybe a team to go and raid if you're the Blue Jays and you want to get some of their contracts off the because that, because that's worked well. That's always well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The best player in the deal, uh, Miguel Castro. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, is, is that what you like? Are, are you taking Charlie Blackman off their hands while also you know welcoming in Wade Davis and and Jake McGee or Ian Desmond? Like, is that is that the is that 
worth it for the Blue Jays? Are you maybe even making that making that call and asking those questions? Like maybe we'll take on Charlie Blackman and then eat a bunch of your shitty money to get them off of your books because you know they're not trading uh, Nolan Arenado because that would be insane. But um, I don't know. It's like, a, is this is this the, the degree that we're lo- that we're that we're looking at, or are there, the other side of that? Or is there any other options other than that one? Because that one sounds decent to me. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> I don't think the Jays will be, but yeah, uh, like I say, there's not there's not a, teams have been smarter. There's not a lot of Ian Desmond contracts out there. But then in Colorado, there's like three or four. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I don't know, Caitlin. Again, so we've—I mean—we've seen the Blue Jays, you know, just pay players to go away and, and eat, uh, you know, significant amounts of of dead salary. Do you see them using the flex, the financial flexibility to do just that? I mean, it's a possibility. I think that, that like, I feel like also the Blue Jays don't want to work backwards at all. So any move they make. They're going to want to make sure that it doesn't get in the way of their continued progression, right? So they're not going to want to take on all these veterans, you know, who are past their prime. They're not going to want to take on too much salary that it handcuffs them later, right? Because consider that maybe this offseason isn't the one where they do their big spending, but maybe this year they make enough progression that by the next offseason – they're looking a lot better positioned in the AL East. And then if they had all these bad salaries that they took on, they don't have as much flexibility next year. I mean, it's really hard and I don't really work very well in hypotheticals. So it's hard for me to like talk about this kind of stuff. Um, But I mean, I would just say that I think the Blue Jays are open to possibilities. They have hardly any uh, any, um, money spent right now on contracts and uh, they have a lot of, you know, guys that have to go through arbitration and whatnot, but their their payroll as it stands now with the players that they have is going to be fairly low. So they do have a lot of room to add. It's just about doing it in the most smart way that doesn't hamper their continued rebu- rebuild in any way. So it's funny that you say that because I, I, I don't doubt that that is a very similar conversation, but they have such a small amount of money committed that and that taking on a couple bad contracts the idea that those contracts are going to stand in the way it's it's like the same thing with the the way that we've all everyone's been talking about this Randall Gritchick contact tr- track like it's some giant roadblock forbidding you know the Jays from making any kind of progress or doing anything <laughs> any kind of any kind of next move like they have 30 million dollars committed next year none of their arbitration races are going to be very significant because all the players are shitty Who's getting a raise out of arbitration that isn't just garbage? Nobody. Other than, of course, Teoscar Hernandez. He's the only one. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of them are just like they're just bad players getting marginal upgrades such that, you know, if there are 20 guys who are in arbitration, which there aren't, there's maybe, I don't know, 10. Those guys, like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to me that we're, that the, the Blue Jays are very close to running out like a 50 or $60 million payroll next year. That's my my sense that like it would be I, I I'm struggling to see how it could be anything more, which is fine if they're like well we're only we're going to move up from losing 97 games to losing 90, so why would we spend you know throw good money after bad if we're going to be bad anyway? But I don't know it's it, it I can I can I the, that sense of frustration and and Stoughton's piece I think kind of hit, hit the nail on the head was <laughs> uh, which I've said twice now. 
because it's just like they're just dragging their feet and and there's no well, urgency and there's no there's nothing they've it's like ned flanders like they've tried nothing and they're all out of ideas and it's a little bit exactly exactly it's all bullshit right i mean it's like it's like well we can't spend too much now because we're not ready it doesn't make sense but also we can't take on money for the future because we need all that flexibility for when we want to spend in the future and it's like well when are you going to spend you know i don't know and it's like are they going to go through the off season and play poor for guys who are signing for less than the Gritchick contract that they expect us to be believe is is like not damaging money, right? Like you could you'd sign ten fucking Gritchick contracts and they would be fine. I mean, they probably shouldn't, but like, yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It it, 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 it they are talking about competitiveness in such a broad sense, and uh, pro, well, this is this was the sort of hook or the you know whatever you. Not the not quite the kicker because it wasn't at the end, but like the the piece was like the, I talked about how they are pro- they're not promising to try, but they're promising they'll try to try. The important thing is and that we like, have to shoehorn just, as many. It's not enough. <laughs> the important thing you're going to get out of this show is, is Dan Kalen. No matter what happens in the future, you have to pick up pick up this mantle and run with it too. You got to shoehorn as many Simpsons references as you can in, in there at all all times. Keep that dad cred going here. Get that dad cred. I was thinking about it recently, and I don't think I could tell you the last time I watched an entire episode of The Simpsons. It's it's at least ten years ago, at least. Like a new one, you mean, or even or even the old? No, even the old. Even like a syndication, even an old one. I don't have the DVDs. I don't have a DVD player for what that's worth. I don't have cable. Do you have the? Do you have the internet? Well, what am I here? What am I stealing? Am I stealing? But I think that that what. Yes, I do have the internet, but I think it also there's a magic of of randomness of syndication, especially when the Simpsons were on like three or four different times in a day yeah, after school. Yeah. You never know what episode you're going to get it, and it wasn't it didn't seem because we were ignorant and because it's a cartoon, so it's a little bit timeless. You don't know what sequence it is. You don't you're not maybe tracking if it's are they on season four, five, six, seven, eight. So you just put it on. You're like, oh, I love this episode, and you watch it. But to sit down and be like, what episode am I going to choose? That I don't know that I would be able to do because there's so much, and then there's also the ones that you maybe oh the probably there's a good gag in this, but I'm not going to watch it because it's not as good as maybe these episodes in seasons like three to eight that are kind of the golden age, but maybe two. It feels kind of a lot like uh, Birds All Day, where it's like oh what are they talking about how the game's broken and the Blue Jays aren't spending? <laughs> yeah, I've 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 seen that episode, but there's a good gag or two in there, <laughs> but. I don't know. It's there. Oh, the, like, I, that was the other question I wanted to ask. Something I put a pin in it, which is let's play. Let's play a, a guessing game. What is the let's keep the union off our back contract that the Blue Jays rush out the door and just hand at hand to somebody um, between now and the beginning of next year? I feel in like a Ken Giles extension. No, he's the only one who's worth a damn. I mean, I. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Ken Giles is going to be a Blue Jay on opening day next year. Hot takes, hot takes from Caitlin McGrath. Uh, but I think that there's that definitely that there's going to be somebody that they'll be like, take this. Well, they, <laughs> even the way they were talking about it this week, they were saying like, oh, expect it to be more like the off seasons after 2015, 2016. It's like, oh, you mean when you jumped the market and. Everybody hated that you grabbed Jay Happ and it worked, and everybody hated that you grabbed Kendrick <laughs> Morales and it didn't work. 
there probably will be somebody where they're like, well, nobody's going to want to take our money. What if we offer this guy a bunch of money and then he doesn't, you know, let's find the guy who doesn't want to just linger on the market, who doesn't have the, you know, the the Scott Boris in his ear being like, no, no, just wait, we'll get it done. Four years of and Cole th- Hamilton. Whoever that is, I think, I think they'll, I think they'll throw a bunch <laughs> of money at, at them and, you know what? Maybe the maybe they'll find maybe they'll find their gill mesh. I don't know. They can make <laughs> things right with Edwin again. Bring him back. No, sorry. Uh, the official line of this podcast is they're going to bring back Eric Thames. Oh, Not, well, he's uh, an option too. <laughs> oh, is he ever? He's option one. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us for sticking around for persevering through these uh, techni- <laughs> technical and competence related challenges. Uh, uh, where can the people find you other than reading your stuff on The Athletic? Uh, you can find me on social media at, uh, at Caitlin C. McGrath. And, uh, yeah, you'll see me writing at The Athletic lots more this offseason, probably baseball, maybe another sport. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll expand a little bit, but mostly baseball, mostly Blue Jays. Are you not a tennis person as well? I, I am in my life, and I love watching tennis, and I will write about it from um, time to time, though I, I am somewhat of an intense fan, and so sometimes I prefer just being able to watch it in my own home and not have to worry about writing something about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's cool. you know, I like to do it from time to time, but most of the time I just like watching it from home and being able to, you know, yell at the TV and other various things. That's cool. All right. So you can follow her on uh, the online and you can follow Stoughton on Twitter and you can follow me as well. You can read uh, the newsletter, fairservice.substack.com. And that's it. Oh, I, yeah, that's about it. So thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. We're going to keep coming all off season long um, as the Blue Jays will make all kinds of news and make all kinds of noise and make all kinds of waves. So for <laughs> Caitlin McGrath, for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. Enjoy the playoffs. Cheer for anyone except the Rays. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.